Welcome to The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Barrett Brooks. I'm the COO at ConvertKit. My co-host is our CEO, Nathan Barry. We're on a mission to help creators earn a living, and this is a show about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. Welcome back to The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm waiting for a time when it, like you go like full Southern gospel on this or something like, you know, just like, you know, it's uh, episode 23. Today, we are talking about five templates to create high quality podcast episodes and blog articles. Um, we found that there are certain templates that can really work. And even though the structure stays the same, you can often get a lot of high quality content out of that same structure when you change up what fills in the template. So we're going to go through that, but... It wouldn't be an episode if we didn't start in the proper place, which is, how are you doing, red, yellow, green? I'm green today. I started the day red because I started the day, well, actually last night. You know how you make choices and you're like, I shouldn't have done that. Yep. Anyway, I started by reading articles about all the layoffs that are happening in tech and it was just, it was, uh, it was depressing. (laughs) It was sad. Uh, And you know, I read the one from Carta in particular, which were a customer of theirs, a uh, big fan of the company. And they laid off a little, they have a thousand employees. They laid off 150 or so. And there was just that line in there of basically the CEO taking hundred percent responsibility for it of like, blame anybody, blame me. It wasn't your manager. It's it, it's me. And like, it's just realizing that's such a heavy thing and, and how many individuals are going through it, how many leaders are going through it. That started the day read for me. And then I dove into work. I had a great conversation with Charlie, who's our marketing designer, just talking about fun stuff, catching up on that. And then like getting into product design and it took me right into green and I'm, I'm doing great now, but uh, it, it started a little rough. Yeah. Good. Good. We've got everyone who's responded in the chat says they're green too. This is good. Guess what? Nice. I am also green today. Even after a grocery store run? Even after a grocery store run. So here's the deal, okay? It was a grocery store day. We haven't been in at least two and a half weeks. Whoa, that's a long time. Yes. It's hard to do. We're buying in bulk, but that's what, you know, they're kind of asking us to do. I got to the register. I said, bear with me. I've got a few weeks worth of groceries. She said, that's what you're supposed to do. Thank you. Yeah. And so I appreciated that. I told everyone in the store, thank you for being here. That was working, not the not the other <laughs> the people working at the store. <laughs> Just you imagine going around and you're like, thank, thank you for being, being here. here. Thank you for being here. <laughs> um, yeah, but there was it was like the perfect time. I went uh, kind of late-ish, I don't know, early, late, mid-morning. Mid-morning would be what that would be called. And it was perfect. It was after the at-risk hour that they give everyone in the morning, but there was no line outside. I also went to Home Depot and picked up some, a few things for yard work and they have great curbside thing going on. They were waiting right there to get my order number, brought it out, loaded it up for me. So I like, I feel like we're getting better at being very safe doing regular yep. things. So yeah, anyways, that was a non-work way to start the day, but now we're into the podcast. I've got business coaching this afternoon with my executive coach and then uh, some time to to create some stuff. So it's gonna be a good day. I like it. We checked in on the outside world yesterday. I don't feel the need to do that every day right now. Yeah. We'll measure things in the 500,000s or something like that at this point. Uh, I don't mean that lightly, but it's just true. So let's get right into it. The idea for this podcast episode came from thinking back, especially early for me, about 
what I do when I get in front of the mic or what I do when I sit down to write, like mm-hmm. what am I supposed to write about or talk about? And some of it will be remedial for some of the more advanced listeners, viewers that have been around the block a time or two, but some of it might be new to you too. So we're going to share a couple different templates we really like and some examples of that, that we think have been done well and how they kind of apply to the current environment, because a lot of these things have been around a long time. And so some of them were played out quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll actually start here with one of them that's been played out quite a bit. But then today I listened to a podcast episode that used the same format of the played out blog version. And I was like, oh, well, that was actually pretty good. So I'm going to start with a roundup. A roundup post historically was where you chose a topic. So what's your advice for a creator just getting started today? Or if you were going fly fishing in mid-March, what flies are you taking with you to go back to our classic example there? Right. And so a ton of people did this. And the reason was that when you get 20 people to share their best advice, number one, if they're they're popular, they're known, it's like a little kitschy thing that makes people want to read it. But number two, you have 20 people that you could, you know, if you go back to our promotion episode that you could then email and say, hey, it's live. And they're more likely to retweet it. Right. It's just, that was conventional wisdom. You want to build your blog, mm-hmm. you do roundup posts and it happened all the time. Yep. And they were effective. It, people didn't say do it because... It doesn't work. They said, do it because it works. It builds community, gets people to know who you are. And uh, it puts out this post that a lot of people are more willing to share. Totally. So today I listened back to an episode that both you and I were part of actually of the Smart Passive Income podcast with Pat Flynn, um, friend, board member of ConvertKit, Pat is. And he just texted us and a bunch of others. And it turned out he got 23 responses of how to handle working from home as an entrepreneur with kids. And uh, some of it, I mean, right in the middle there, I mean, it was a little emotional. It was like, oh man, this is deep. But it was so relatable for anyone with kids, or for me, I know it was, just hearing how everyone's got to make some kind of sacrifice in order to make kids and entrepreneurship work, especially when you're working from home. And it was just delightfully relatable and, I don't know, cathartic. But it was just a roundup post in podcast form. But here's what I liked about it. The barriers higher in podcast because you got to know what tools to use. So we use SpeakPipe to have everyone give their little portion. And then you've got to take the time to edit it and put it all together in a way that makes sense, right? And so anytime there's a production barrier, it means less people are going to take the time or effort to actually do that piece of content. And so I think in podcast or maybe even on YouTube right now, a roundup type thing can work really well, especially when it's a very relatable topic. You know, it's not just some throwaway piece of advice or generic type thing. Um, I felt like the topic was good. It was parenting, hearing a lot of different perspectives from both moms and dads and people in different scenarios at home was helpful because I think everyone probably had something to relate to. And the audio format really lended itself well to it being a very human kind of experience. So anyways, a roundup format can work really well still in the right mediums. A couple tips on, I, I think, uh, making a great roundup post. One, only do it about a topic that you're genuinely curious about. Mm. A great way to do that is if, if I'm like, I wonder what Barrett and Pat and Melissa Griffin and whoever else all think on this topic, then like, great, go ask them and do it in public so you get to share, you know, that's what the roundup post is. But if you're like, what are the greatest marketing tips of today? I don't care what that is. You know, I can tell that there's no curiosity. There's no soul in that question. Whereas like Pat asking, hi, entrepreneurs, how, how y'all doing this homeschool, 
you know, stay home, work from home, everything from home. How are you surviving right now? Like there's so much authenticity and curiosity in that, that you can't help but have good content. The next thing that I would say is I've seen people do a lot of roundup posts where there's not a narrative. They, they don't actually group things together. And yes, you're collecting everyone else's perspectives, but you need to put that, that narrative over the top of it, even just in how you group what you're talking about, right? These are people giving tips on this. You know, if, if one of your own ideas uh, rolls into something that, you know, Barrett contributed to the roundup post really well, then intro it and then go to Barrett's and then go to whoever else uh, that you have in there. And then the last thing that I would say is find a diverse group. It's so, so common where it's like, I don't know, I scanned through my favorites on my phone and I texted five people and there it is. And wait, do all of them look exactly like me and have the exact same background as me? Mm -hmm. Huh, how'd that happen? And it's like, well, we know from psychology and how everything works that, that that is going to be the natural default. And it's so, so obvious when you see a group that's like, okay, you put in intention to find a well-rounded group. And you, you looked at this and maybe you said like, oh, Nathan and Bear are going to have the same perspective. So I'm going to just ask one of them. Or I'm going to deliberately, if I have both of them on there, I'm going to go out there and find, you know, a, a story of a woman who lives in a very different city who maybe recently made the switch from working in an office from at, to going at home or who has older kids, you know, or some of these things where you're getting really diverse perspectives and rounding it out uh, in the posts. And that's how you're going to take a roundup post from something where people are like, this is lame. It's played out to like, oh, this is great content. Thank you for putting it together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Josiah in the chat uh, mentioned the word that I was thinking of, which is just being a good curator. And that's exactly it. When you're doing a roundup post, your job is to be a good curator. And so I, I would almost think of it like you were saying, as you are, you're the person putting together an exhibit of art and you want mm. it to touch on many different facets or as an organizer of a conference, like we are, we think about not just what are the stories that are going to be told, but what types of businesses do these people run? What are their backgrounds? What are their ability levels? And you know, all of these things play in. So cool. That's one roundup. All right. Next one uh, would be like the story or the documentary driven post. There's a lot of people who do this really well. I tend to do it from the personal story side of things. It's like, let me share an interaction that I had. And that's often done from the, like, that's often the hook that I use my story to draw you in. But there's two people who are probably the masters of this doing it on the other side. It would be like James Clear and Malcolm Gladwell. They'll dive in on the research side and they'll go out and find like some obscure story that's so good and they're going to give you this hook on it and you're just like, wow. And that draws you in and then they go to the research and, and you go from there. But if you look and you break down a bunch of their posts, it's definitely a formula and it's a formula that works and they're thinking like, okay, uh, I'm here's my story that's a hook. That's what I'm pulling people in with. And then here's the research and the main thing that I'm doing and then I'm tying it all together with a nice callback to the story. So that's just another format and it works really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. That's one that I've really relied on. If I'm not just telling a story, which I want to get into in a minute, if I'm using a story to illustrate a principle or a point, like the moral of the story, a format that I love is story, problem that most people experience related to the thing in the story, the solution to that problem, the steps to apply the solution to your life, and then wrapping up with the moral of the story. So it's story, problem, solution, steps to take to apply the solution to your life, moral of the story to round it all up. 
And um, if you find the right story and you're teaching something that's you know valuable and that people really want to know about, I find that it works quite well. And I think that applies to a lot of James' work, for example. Mm-hmm. Another version, though, of stories and documentaries is is truly like just telling someone's story. You mean without the here's that's what your takeaway should be, or here's how to apply exactly. it to your life? Yeah, you know, exactly. It's just like a timeline. You don't always have to do a timeline. Sometimes you might start with present day, do a flashback, but this would be any biography. But online, there are sites like um, The Great Discontent. They're actually maybe more of an interview, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. The Startup Podcast from Gimlet. Right. That was kind of a documentary series about originally their company and then other companies. And they got into sh- shorter snippets of stories about companies and founders. Our series, I am a creator. And prior to that, I am a blogger where we're literally just kind of sharing someone's story, the emotional arc that they followed on starting their business. And we highlight some of the things that make the business work, some of the stats and Mm -hmm. metrics and things like that. But it's mostly just to lift these entrepreneurs up and share something relatable that maybe you can learn from, but also that you're just inspired by. So I think just truly telling someone's story can also be a great format, Mm -hmm. especially in audio. Um, because you get that personal element, but it can be in written form too. Yeah. Somebody who's doing it well in audio is Chris Gillibo with his side hustles podcast. He's just, I think he's going daily five days a week of just telling a, a short story of someone who built a great business on the side and, and made that happen. So many, I think we have this tendency, right? Of I'm trying to teach you things. I want you to have takeaways. And this is a trap that I fall into of just like, let me tell the story and let you Mm -hmm. take from it what you will. Like I really enjoyed the book, the snowball about Warren Buffett. There's nothing preachy in there. Like at the end of chapter four, this should be our takeaways are a, B and C. Like there was nothing like that. Instead it was for me to read, me to absorb and have my own takeaways. And I think that you're going to have that, whether, whether you're listening to someone's story being told on a podcast or you're watching like free solo and you're inspired by his story, you know, and going from there, there doesn't have to be this preachy angle to it. Not that there's anything wrong with it in the, that right format, but just ask yourself, is it necessary for me to draw the conclusions or can the reader do it for themselves? Yeah. And sometimes the most elegant conclusions are actually drawn by the viewer or reader. When you mm-hmm. leave it up to them, you tell something powerful or true uh, and you leave it up to them to draw their own conclusions. Sometimes that actually sticks longer. So I think about three goals that I might have for a piece of content or a documentary or whatever we're making. I want to teach, I want to inspire, or I want to entertain. Sometimes you can do all three in a single, a single piece. I think it's hard to do. That really takes like a pretty masterful level of, um, of content creation to do all three well. But as long as you're hitting one of those, that's really all you need to do. You don't need to do all three. Sometimes you can just inspire someone. I think about Justin Jackson's words that we've mentioned that Justin Jackson dot CA slash words. words. That's kind of just inspiring. Like, I mean, it has a point, you know, you don't need design to have great message, but uh, on some level, it's just inspiring. Like, Hey, you're overcomplicating things. It was a little preachy, but he wasn't particularly trying to teach Mm -hmm. or entertainment. You know, you think about comedy specials on HBO, like they're just there to entertain. They're not trying to teach you anything. If you're actively studying like comedic timing and bits and things like that. Yes. You could go study a bunch of people and teach yourself, but they're not trying to teach. They're just trying to entertain you. So anyways, teach, inspire, entertain are the three goals of these things. Yep. And I think you can pretty much always touch on two of them. 
Yeah. Three is hard. You might be trying a little too hard in that case, but totally. Yeah. It's a good framework. One of the next ones that you could say is tried and true gets annoying. All of that is, would be the list post. Uh, but it's something that I find myself drawn in to really great list posts. Ryan holiday did one on, you know, I think it was the 30th birthday or something like that. And it was 30 lessons in 30 years. And he had good stuff, right? And I was drawn in and I was enga- uh, engaging and reading it and and going through it. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It had good takeaways. And it was such a nice summary of so many of his principles. And that's something like I wrote a post uh, when we crossed 15 million in revenue at ConvertKit of 15 lessons from the first 15 million in revenue. And people do list posts for a reason. Like they get traction. Readers want to read those. And so it got shared a bunch. It was a compelling title without being, I didn't put a clickbait thing in there. There was no, and number four will shock you. You know, <laughs> like there was no need for that. It just drew people in just fine. And it gave them a high level approach to some of my philosophies and the stories and examples of where it came from. And I've even seen it in book form. I need to look it up, but Dan Cederholm, who's like an old school well, he's not old school, but he original uh, web designers from the web standards days. And he went on to found a company called Dribble and he's done more things since that. But he just came out with a book that's largely a list post in book form. It's all the lessons that he's learned from his career. I'll have to look up the title, but it just made me think like, oh, that book sounds really approachable. I'd love to read it, you know? And so I pre-ordered a copy because there's something to that list format. When you know the person is putting in quality and they're not just like, rattling off five ways to do X and they're actually sharing their own insights, it can be really quite good. Yeah. One of the kind of preeminent authors of the last five, 10 years, uh, Yuval Noah Harari, who wrote Sapiens, Homo Deus. And then his third book was 21 Lessons for the 21st Century, which I don't want to completely lob this at him, but I'm guessing he was under a multi-book contract and needed a little <laughs> bit of an easier one to write than the first two. I have no, I've not read that one yet. But from what I've heard of it, it's very high quality. You know, the density is very high. But what you get by doing a a list post is it's like Twitter-sized snippets of information all in one. You could almost think of it like a tweet thread. Right. Where you're really writing like a mini little blog post or a mini little podcast episode times 10 or times 21 or times 15. And if there's not really enough meat on any one of the points to make a whole thing out of it, it can be really valuable because sometimes people do just need the quick hitting stuff and they really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it can be high quality would be the point there. I just, I looked up uh, Dan's book. So his site that he's famous for is called Simple Bits. And uh, the book is titled 20 Bits I Learned About Design, Business, and Community. And, you know, from the moment you see it, you know that this isn't like a quick little pamphlet they threw together. It's got great design and typography. And so this is like what he wants to share with the world. And so I immediately go like, oh, this is a really quality list in, in book form and I can't wait to dive in. Yep, totally. Next format would be, this would probably be my default, I think. <laughs> I, I would agree I, with that. I can't help myself. Uh, the epic guide, the kind of paraphrase we had there is the complete guide to whatever. I think of myself as a teacher very much. I think that's sometimes where I'm best is kind of gathering all of this information and then distilling it down into, it's still a long post, but I can teach you a lot in a relatively short amount of time compared to you going and doing all the research on your own. And I think of an Epic Guide's job as being to beat every other article on the internet or every other podcast episode on the topic at what their job is. 
And so if I'm trying to teach you how to grow a houseplant from a seedling, I'm looking at my houseplant right there. I'm going to focus on one plant or one group of plants, and I'm going to give you every single step from like day one to it being a big, beautiful thing hanging in your window. I'm going to give you all the little tips that I know about it. I'm going to tell you what to expect at each stage, how to water it, how to diagnose problems, like all of this. And what's beautiful about it and kind of the the way this is, what this has turned into is almost like long articles with tables of contents. And some of that's designed for search engines, but some of it's also just designed for navigability. Mm -hmm. So if you want to come back to it later, you can and pick up where you left off. I love these though. I mean, this is what my, my expertise article that I shared the other episode is. It's a complete guide to building expertise or skills based on a bunch of research that I've done. So I'm saying, look, you could read all of these books, but let me just tell you the gist of each one of them and then give you a process you can follow that combines everything we learned there. If you can get good at this, I think these are things that can both spread because they're valuable and get great search rankings if you title it right and you pick your keywords correctly. And so it's kind of this nice overlap where you can write it for a human being or make the podcast for a human being, but you can also get that search factor there. And I don't know why we're just talking about podcasts and writing, I guess, because that's our defaults, but you could do these things on YouTube too. Right. Newsflash, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world right behind Google, which makes sense. I mean, they're owned by the same company, but uh, that's how many people use YouTube every day. So anyways, that's the Epic Guide. I don't know if you have anything to add there. Yeah, I would say on the Epic Guide, uh, go longer and more detail than you think is necessary. I would hire people to do illustrations. So have a designer that you work with, something like that. Get illustrations to break up like mini chapters. Feel free to also do the first version of this as you know, in an, an initial post and then later maybe do second edition and turn it into an ebook that you share as a, a giveaway or something like that. Uh, this is exactly what I'm doing with my post, uh, the, uh, the ladders of wealth creation where it's like 5,000 words long. It's got illustrations in there. It's got graphics. It's got stories. You know, I, I worked on it for a couple of months off and on. And, and I got feedback from people that I respect, you know, cause part of it is that I want to turn it into uh, you know, a free ebook on building wealth. And so I'm going to layer in more details there. And then the last thing that I find really helpful is to just write it to one person. Like who's someone that I really care about that's getting into the space. They're learning design. They, you know, if I was doing one on podcasting, it's like, who's the person that is really into or that wants to start a podcast. And let me just, instead of getting on a call with them, let me write down everything that you need to know. Uh, Corey Miller, who was on the show uh, last week uh, for the Q&A Friday episode, he did that internally. There were a couple questions flying around. I'm like, hey, starting a podcast, what mic should I do? He knows that world very well. And just in Slack, you know, replying there, he wrote out so much detail and people were like, wow, I just got a masterclass in audio, like the introduction to that. And so think about that. You've got a lot of friends who need help with something that you care about, you know a lot about. And write that out in detail. It's what our friend Josh Kaufman did for us with this podcast gear. Mm-hmm. And uh, you write that out, share it with them, and then you can turn that into something to be shared publicly. Love that. Love that. Yeah. And then the last one I guess we wanted to touch on, which is perfect timing, was just an interview. I think sometimes a lightly edited transcript of an interview in writing, or obviously podcasts are great for audio interviews, or video is great for this too. Uh, I think the the, my favorite interviews that have been more from like a content creator than a celebrity 
uh, is Chase Jarvis. He did this series mm-hmm. called Chase Jarvis Live. I don't know if it's still going or not, but he would do it in a studio. And he, w- he was like a professional producer of video and photography. So, you know, he had some advantages, but he would do it in a studio with a like set and a small live audience and like multiple camera angles. And he'd have someone super cool come in and talk to him for hour, hour and a half for a long form conversation. And so I actually think an interview can be really fantastic, no matter the format that you're in. But, and this is what one of my mentors told me when I was asking him for advice on, um, or for feedback on a podcast idea that I want to do personally. He said, you know, the thing about interviews is that it's so highly dependent on the guest. Right. And so the thing you have to realize is you have to pick the guest really well. And you have to realize that sometimes a piece of content will be a dud, not because you did poorly, but because the guest just wasn't good at being interviewed. Right. I've been in those interviews before where I'm, I'll ask a question. They just like two sentences and they're done. It's like, okay. All right. Well, let me move on to my next one. And 12 minutes later, we are done with everything I had planned. So I guess I'm just not going to use this one. <laughs> yeah. So a couple thoughts on interviews. Uh, one, don't interview someone unless you've listened to or read at least three interviews with them already, right? Do your homework. Don't ask them the same stuff. Tell me your origin story, please. Thank you. Like nobody wants to tell the, tell the same story over and over again, but if you've listened to three and then you can ask, you know, and you could say like, okay, for those who don't know Barrett's story, X, Y, and Z, let me touch on it really quickly. But Barrett, what I wanted to ask you is the thing that I was curious about when I heard this, right. And we dive deeper and we, and we really get into it. So it's like, do your work as the interviewer Two, you don't have to publish any, every interview that you do. So if it's not good, just be like, well, you know, <laughs> let's go record another one for the next slot. Yeah. And then the third thing is I would add your perspective. I was on a show that now I can't remember what it was called and I feel bad, but I was on the show where they uh, were doing two different, their two co-hosts and then the person they were interviewing. And we did a 30 minute interview. And then at the end, they were like, and we'll be right back where, you know, she and I unpack the details of what we think about the interview and they haven't released it yet. But I, when, once they did that, I realized, oh, this is an hour long show. And they had me for 30 minutes of it. And they get to intro the topic. We were talking about profit sharing. They get to hear my perspective on it, ask all the questions. And then I left, you know, and then they kept recording and they got to share more of their perspective. And so it, it, position them as more of the experts, which they are, they're, they're brilliant creators. Um, but I really like that. Cause it, it wasn't just the same, like Barrett, here's five questions. what do you think about that? Cool. That that's a wrap. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. You know, right. they really added something unique to it. I love it. Okay. Those are, I don't know how many ideas we shared five or six, uh, yeah. ideas for content templates for your blog, podcast, or YouTube channel. Um, let's get into, but the creator of the day. Oh man. Okay. This might feel a little bit like cheating, but I'll share why uh, I'm sharing her as my creator of the day. So my creator is Charlie Prankley. Uh, you can find her on YouTube, uh, Charlie Marie TV. Uh, she's on the Converted team. She does all of our marketing design and she and I just had the best conversation this morning about building an audience, writing books, you know, just kind of where she should take her, I, I guess, side hustle you know, as she's built this, this massive brand and all of that. And it just reminded me of how much I really enjoy what she creates and and how she approaches her work and everything. So check her stuff out. She's got a lot of great videos on design life as a designer. Uh, and she's just an all around wonderful human. Yep. Agreed. My creator and resource of the day 
are attached, uh, which sometimes happens. It is the founder of Seek and Swoon, which is a local company that makes really awesome, comfortable blankets from sustainable materials. Recycled yarn is what they use, and they make them here locally in the U.S. I'm going to butcher the name, I'm sure, but Jayla, maybe? Jayla or Jala Smith-Hoys. And she just started making these blankets inspired by their travels around the world. And so they've got... um, Uh, throw blankets named after different travels that they've had. She used to name them after cities. It looks like she might've updated the names, but we've got a few of them around the house. She also makes baby-sized blankets. They're not cheap, but they are made locally by a craftsperson who cares deeply about the work and from sustainable materials. And I just think it's awesome that she's running this little independent company making beautiful blankets. So there you go. That's awesome. Okay, I'll go with two as well, but my resource of the day is something I use all the time for travel, which we're not doing as much of that, but I find myself using it all the time around the house as well. And that's this uh, Anker battery charger. And so it plugs into the USB-C port on my laptop. It's 80 bucks. It has like a full laptop charge uh, on it. I can charge my phone and everything else. It's amazing when traveling. But I also find that if I'm just wandering out into the backyard and want to plug in my laptop but not deal with it, or I don't want to like run the cord behind the couch, I just use this. And now since our whole household is kind of standardizing on USB-C, it's easy to keep this charged and uh, do everything else with it. There's also another Anker charger. It's not this one that is for like a phone size and it stays plugged in all the time. And it's fantastic. There, Barrett's got it. Here, I'll stop screen sharing so that Barrett can hold it up. There you go. What that one is magical for is you use it to plug in your phone and then you just, it's a battery as well. So you don't have to remember to charge it. It's just always charged and you take it with you and, and go. Yep. And it gives you about three or four phone charges out of one um, full charge. And the best thing is like when you're out and about and somebody else needs a charge and you're like, oh, I got you. Mm-hmm. you know, I've had that on when someone's like, no, you know, say to the seatmate, like there's no power outlets on this plane. I fly a lot of tiny regional planes uh, in and out of Boise. <laughs> and, and to just be able to like, oh, here, I got you you know, and to hand that to the person in the row behind you or whatever. And they're always so thankful. Uh, and then the other resource that I would share is, uh, this is Dan Cederholm's uh, book. Here it is, The 20 Bits I Learned. I haven't read it yet, but I'm a huge fan of what he's doing. And uh, I've got my copy on order. Love it. Uh, my thought of the day, you have one, Nathan? Yeah, I can share one. Great, do it. Sounds good. Um, I would just say templates make things easier to create. Like it's actually a lot of work to show up and create really consistently. And so by having these templates where we're saying, Hey, here's five types of content. I could list them out and I could put them next to my monitor, you know, on the wall or on my desk. And when I'm sitting down and on those days where I'm like, uh, what should I create? You know, you look at that and go, Oh, I can create one of these. I can create one of those. Um, you can also have a bit of a structure to it where you make your publishing schedule easier where you might not have to commit to this to your audience, but if you know, okay, the first Tuesday of every month, I do this format. The second Tuesday, I do this one. The third Tuesday, you know, and then it just, all the content slots in nicely to your calendar and you can go, okay, this idea of publishing a meaningful uh, piece of content every week just went from like really difficult to, you know what? Like everything else, I have a system for it and it makes life so much easier. I love that. I love that idea of pick a topic, pick a template, pick a medium and pick the person you're making it for. And I think that'll make every piece, you know, it might take a little bit of time to just write those four things down, 
but then you you know exactly what you're trying to make. Clarity goes a long way. It does. All right, that's us signing off for today. We'll see you tomorrow for a Q&A Friday. Thanks for listening to The Future Belongs to Creators. We're the makers of ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. To start building your audience with a landing page and to send emails up to 500 subscribers for free, go to landingpage.new. That's landingpage.new to get started with the free ConvertKit account today. We'll see you next time.